Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven K A R S for kids. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. Six seventy, the score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is the score. W S C R and H D Chicago. W B M X H D two Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Matt Spiegel here with you. The show is hit and run on Sunday mornings. I'm here through Labor Day weekend. And then, yes, it's true. Bears pregame does take over in this slot. September 4th will be my last show uh, this season. So it goes. You can always hear me as part of the afternoon show, Parkins and Spiegel, 2 to 6 on the weekday afternoons. As I rage against the dying of the light, that is the baseball season. We will not go gentle into that good night as football tries to take over these airwaves. Damn it, it's still baseball season. I think we've officially crossed over from the dog days into the stretch run. I'll ask our next guest, Greg Brown, the hitting coach for the Chicago Cubs, who joins us on the Cirque Resort and Casino Hotline, Cirque Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Greg, this is Matt Spiegel. Looking forward to talking to you. Thanks so much for doing it. Good morning. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, have we officially transitioned from the dog days to the stretch run? Is that late August somewhere? When does that happen? Yeah, yeah you probably got to get out of August because I think August is more like angry August, right? We're trying to all survive that. So Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, your team's playing with a lot of joy and a lot of passion and having a lot of fun. Five straight wins, wins in five straight series. Uh, what are you seeing as a hitting coach in terms of like their collective approach or at bats? If there is something collective that jumps out to you, well, I think the one thing is it starts with Rossi and you know his uh, just nature and as a leader and his competitiveness. You know, and I think that we have guys that really like suit um, you know our style as a coaching staff, and then we have players that are like continuing to improve and develop. And I mean, I think that's the exciting part is like we've, we've watched guys grow as players and uh, grow as men. And, and that's something that I think we're all very proud of. And, and we're seeing some results right now. That, that makes sense. And that's what it's all about, right? Seeing these individuals develop. Um, boy, yesterday, Patrick Wisdom with that walk in the ninth inning, just a phenomenal plate appearance. And then the double 
in the 11th. That Can you talk about his season a little bit and what kind of work he has done to go from contact to power or contact to power? Like trying to balance that. It's so hard to do. Yeah, Patrick's just, uh, first off, he's an amazing teammate and an amazing human, right? Like, And so he's great to work with. He um, really has just blossomed, in my opinion, this year. Uh, I mean, I saw a stat yesterday on the broadcast where, you know, um, he was fifth in home runs in the NL since May of last year, and, and there's like 50 homers. And, like, you're just like, man, this is a guy, you know, even though uh, he arrived to the big leagues at a, at a, you know, older age, you know, like maybe not on the – he didn't get there um, – as quick or establish himself as quick. This is somebody who belongs. And I think that he's playing, um, you know, with the damage uh, at an all-star level. And I think that you look into that at bat that you're talking about specifically in the ninth off of Williams, there was a great moment within that at bat where you kind of see him start like head nodding, like as he fouled off a changeup and then he fouled off a heater and, and you see him like, like it was almost like the confidence, right? He gained confidence in like, he's seen him really well. He was on him. Um, and, and to draw that walk, I think, was just uh, uh, tremendous at bat. And, and really, like, when you talk about offense, if you have nine hitters, like, systematically, like, breaking down a pitcher, right, that there's – it's nine against one rather than one-on-one nine times. And I think that's really, really important. And I think that that at bat really embodied that. And then when you look at uh, his at bat officer's lucky, when he, when he got that slider and hit it to right center, you know, I think he was on the slider – uh, from an approach standpoint, but like you look at it earlier, earlier in the day, he had popped up on a slider, uh, like in a one Oh count. Like, and I think that like him uh, making his own internal adjustments, that's the growth that you were referring to, like in him. And I think that um, when you, when you develop at the major league level, um, you start to like get, I think like, you know, at first you're, you're there and then like, you know, like, you're like, man, like this is amazing. And then, and then the league makes adjustments against you. And then I think that he is making his adjustments now. And I think that's the real maturation of the player. When it comes to your job, Greg, how much of it is, is fostering that confidence that you're talking about that you see in the middle of an at bat versus um, helping with the mechanics of a swing? I know it's both, but which is more important? Uh, I, you know, at this level, I think that um, the human is way more probably important than necessarily the mechanics of the swing. I think that um, you're, you're kind of like a caddy um, in in that sense, and and you know you're helping you're helping them go compete every single day. But at the end of the day, these players are like the one percenter of the one percenters. They know how to hit, um, and if, if if they go awry, which we naturally do, our job is to kind of buffer that and like get them back into like a good place. Um, over time. And I think that um, as a hitting group, like a hitting department, I think that we do a really good job of being able to get those touches with our guys um, through our different personalities and who we connect with. You know, Greg Brown, the hitting coach of the Cubs is with us. We've talked about hitting coaches so much in sports radio, Greg. I've been on the air here in Chicago since 96, right? So you got a town that that kind of grew into the modern era watching Walt Hriniak teach the Charlie Lau style, right, to Frank Thomas and all these White Sox. And then there's been all these different guys. Rudy Jaramillo comes from Texas, and we're like, oh, my God, this is going to change everything. And then we watch, what, I think it was 12 hitting coaches in 10 years for the, for the, for the Cubs, um, or 12 different hitting coaches during the last 10 years. It's, it's crazy. What is, what is your job? Is your job to have one straight approach and teach it to everybody or to have a collection of relationships with individuals and teach them the best that they each need? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I mean, because obviously the hitting coach position is, is volatile and, and there's there's a um, 
you know, the track record in, in, in recent years with the Cubs, like that's something that, you know, I hope to uh, establish and create some stability here in this role. Um, I think that the job, like the, the, the true nature of the job is to help facilitate what the player needs. Like, and so I think you have to be a hybrid and I think that you have to be able to reach them. So, I mean, I've been, uh, I guess, trained and, and, and did my own, um, at, you know, learning like through a lot of trials and errors, a lot of struggles, a lot of, um, you know, influences in my life. And, and I think that whether that was, reading or whether that was, you know, um, working with really high level players, you know, I think that, I think that you have to understand that not one size fits all. And I think that you have to understand that, um, that it, at this level, a lot of it's about outcomes, right? So you like, you help to get them, um, to be their best self. And I think that if we optimize everybody, um, then we're going to do a lot of winning. That's really interesting. Uh, Greg Brown spent, what, 15 years evaluating and instructing hitters as a scout for the Astros, a head coach at Nova Southeastern, and then a minor league hitting instructor for the Rays. You mentioned working with, like, high-level hitters. So, yeah, of course, you could learn from them while they're learning from you, and you guys are talking about hitting. Who are some of the Rays that you learned from um, as you coached with them? Well, you know, um, like, learn from, like, one, it started with, you know, our staff, right? Like, we had, like, really – I had I was surrounded by – as a coordinator, uh, the big league staff really like brought us in even at the minor league level. Mm-hmm. And like, so I got to learn more from them, um, like in the early stages. And then I think from a player standpoint, you know, obviously, um, I got to have, um, you know, some influence on Wander Franco and, and trust me when I say this, like he was, <laughs> he did not need me in a lot of ways, but like he's, uh, uh, you know, but being around him, uh, guys like Josh Lowe, uh, Seeing Willie Adamas, I love Willie. Uh, got to spend uh, some great time with him uh, in big league camp. And uh, Mike Brousseau, too, who, as a Ray, gave us, like, one of the greatest moments of my baseball career and seeing Brousseau take Chapman deep. Uh, those are guys that are, like, again, like, you, you, get to, you get to be around those humans and understand, like, how they function and, and talk to them about their experiences. I was, I was overseeing the Dominican Academy, and um, Willie and I spent a lot of time talking about, like, how would he, if no, now being a big leaguer coming from the Dominican academies, how would he like train down there? What would be something that we could influence those young men? And I think that now um, we put into place a lot of things that, that uh, we had, like he and I had discussed about how to develop young Latin players. And uh, so that was really cool. Uh, that was a really cool experience for, for my time in the race. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, I was in the Dominican for the first time um, ever this past winter uh, Greg and with my dad and my brother and I found fast pitch softball and it was like high level baseball players a couple guys who'd been in the Tampa system hell maybe you knew them you know who were now back in the Dominican and playing the passion down there for baseball is is just so beautiful isn't it it's incredible and I think that like having the I think to understand and succeed at the major league level back in the day, they used to have to play winter ball, right? They wanted to put you in these pressure situations because of like, see the differences in like the culture and the way the game's played and, and um, you know, just the fan, the fan energy. And um, I think, I think that in order to be successful at the major league, you should have some type of international experience. And so I'm so thankful for those two years that I was traveling down to Dominican because um, I just got to learn so much more about, the players, the culture, 
Um, and uh, I think it allows you to have empathy when they're here at the major league level. Hmm. Makes all the sense in the world. A couple more minutes with Greg Brown, generous with his time on a game day. Um, boy, Nick Madrigal on fire uh, recently. What 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 do we make of this particular stretch? Three hits again, and obviously that at bat in the ninth was just amazing. Because is his contact the type of contact he's getting evolving? Well, I, I think if you look at his history, that's who he's been his entire life. You know, I mean, this guy's a winner. He played USA Baseball a lot of years and uh, obviously won at Oregon State. Uh, comes to the big leagues, hits, I don't know, 350 or whatever he did, you know, originally when he, when he, got, when he debuted with the White Sox. And, I, I mean, I think that you're seeing somebody who uh, has really gained his confidence and his health. And I think that, um, you know, the battle that that, that takes on you is, doesn't allow you to be your normal self. And I think that um, – He's done an amazing job since he's been back uh, off the IL, just just being who he is, not not doing anything different. He's just being who he is, and uh, you know he can really he can really um, handle velocity, he can handle spin, and uh, you know when he's controlling the strike zone, I mean he is a really really good hitter. Uh, and Nico Horner. What do I love about watching him hit so much? I don't know. I mean, you t- I know you'll you'll be able to describe it more than me, but I, I just feel like I feel like he's always he's always under control and he sprays to wherever the pitch allows him to spray. It just seems like such a good approach. I mean, what's not to love, right? Like Nico is uh, just the consummate professional. His preparation um, it, it, it's second to none. I mean, you know, like he 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 does his homework. He understands his plan. He really focuses on, you know, being in the moment, being on this flow. And uh, I don't think there's a moment too big. I mean, yesterday, like, we're sitting on the top step, and he's like, I love these matchups. And, you know, we're facing, you know, Devin Williams at that point in time. You know, like, and, like he just that, – that's the kind of guy he is. He's just a um, great competitor, brilliant young man. And, and uh, I think that there's such a great future for him, um, not only in this game, just in, in general. All right, last thing, Greg. Um, at, what – What's something you learned in Tampa that if you ever run a team like everybody else who uh, comes from that front office, since I think they're running like seven franchises, like, like is, is there something magical that you learned in Tampa that you can bring or have brought to conversations with the Cubs? Yeah, I think I th- um, something that really stands out is uh, the collaborative nature of, of the organization and like no idea um, is, is like, it doesn't matter where the idea comes from, right? Like, like if it's, it's about, how do we put the organization forward? So I think that thing, and, and the number one rule, the golden rule is don't be a jerk and, and like just treat people with respect. And I think that, especially at the time I was there during the pandemic, seeing how the treatment of our people and like the care they, they provided for us during a you know hard time for the world. I mean, never mind just an organization. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the most impressive things. So I think for me, it's like creating an environment and a culture that is collaborative in nature and people know you care about them. I think that's, that could be successful in any business. Greg, really appreciate this. Thanks for doing it. And I'll see you at the ballpark. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You got Take it. Care. You got it. That's Greg Brown, the hitting coach for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. I, I God, I could talk hitting all day. It's so hard. <laughs> it, it's so hard. I was looking up this stat and because I was actually thinking about Jose Abreu and just thinking about the way that you combine power and, and, Contact because Abreu is fourth in the big leagues in hits, right? But it's been, I think, 68 at bats since Abreu has hit a home run. He only has 14 homers. And it's just, it's so hard to do both. 
Looking at the top 20 in home runs, I would try to find a guy hitting 300. Top 20 home run hitters in baseball, there's one person hitting 300. It's Paul Goldschmidt, who's hitting 341 with 31 homers and 100 RPIs. Yeah, that's probably your NL MVP there. I probably. There's two guys who have an OBP of 400, if you just want to think about it that way, and obviously add in the walks. Two guys in the top 20 home runs who have an OBP of 400, Goldschmidt and Jordan Alvarez. That's it. Aaron Judge is close on both of those. I think 295 for the batting average, 393 for the OBP. Anyway, it's really hard to do. So this is a really good version of Jose Abreu, okay? I know some people have been worried about that. He's not hitting for power, had the big double yesterday. Let others be the swing and miss all out. I'll take the guy who's fourth in the big league in hits with some pop and some extra base hits, and then the power will come. So don't freak out about that version of Jose Abreu. But also, Patrick Wisdom, maybe being a guy that um, can develop and is developing, really enjoyed that with Greg Brown. 670, the score is where you are. A guy I always love talking to. John Boog Shambi from the Marquee Sports Network. He joins us next on Hit and Run. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on the score. Cubs trying to win it in the 11. Line drive, base hit. Cubs win. Contreras walks it off. 6 5 and 11. And a great win for the Cubs. Wilson Contreras, your hero, fly the W. As we welcome Boog Shambi to hit and run on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Sean Sears is uh, is an active and thoughtful producer, and I can't hate on his usage of Bonnie Tyler there, even though I've heard the song so many times in my life. Boog, your thoughts? Hello, Boog. Oh, I'm here, baby. Oh. <laughs> I, I was I was wanting to get. I your, love Bonnie Tyler. Right, it felt good. It, it, it felt. It felt it, good. Was it from Footloose? I think it's from the movie Footloose. I think. I think it is. I think it is. I believe it is happening when they're playing chicken, driving the two tractors against each other. I can't tell you how many times right. I think of that scene. Like Roquan Smith and the Bears right now are playing chicken, and you know Roquan needs to get his shoelace caught on the gas pedal of, of the tractor, like Kevin Bacon did. Yeah, I don't remember that, but okay. I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm here to help. Uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, the specialness of having Joe Girardi with you these last two days, I've loved listening to it, man. You, him, and JD have sounded like, there are moments I'm like, oh, my God, they've been together for a decade. I had no idea. So props to the three of you for the comfort level. But having a manager so recently in the league, like when he talks about rules or the opposing bullpen or whatever, it just feels feels very kind of viscerally different to me. Did it feel that way to you at all? Yeah, I think, I think it's a good point. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, we can ask him questions in game that he's asking himself or that his bench coach was asking him earlier this year and the perspective is so fresh. And then also that he played, you know, I love, you know, J.D. asked Joe the other day about what, you know, pitcher catcher meetings were like when he played as opposed to what they're like now. Um, so yeah, I, I, 
I plug in on that as well. I think you're you're spot on. You know, you uh, you said something about about Ross, who you used to work with um, on broadcast. It was during the Rowdy Telez about about a catcher block, like something Rossi used to say to you. Um, seemed like a bonding moment. I used to, what was it? Yeah. Well, I just said I during when I would do those games with with Rossi, you know, for three years. Every once in a while, if a catcher made a nice block, you know, moved his feet well, or you know, sort of cupped it back towards home plate, and I would just blur it out. Oh, nice block! And at a certain point, when Rossi got comfortable enough, he on the air put his hand on my shoulder after I did that one time and said, "Why don't you let me handle the catcher?" <laughs> Uh, but that's but you're trying to empathize, man. You're trying to hilarious. You're trying no, to show him that you see it, that you understand. <laughs> <laughs> that that's funny. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. So, that, mm-hmm. it, does it take a while for different partners to get bold enough to give you the business that you deserve? You know, I don't think so. I think. Look, I mean, Joe's sitting right next to me right now. I, you know, we were. Speaking the other day, I think the one aspect that people don't recognize about him is that he's more playful than people realize. Um, He's always kind of let me be that way with him, so I feel comfortable with it. So I think he feels comfortable giving it back to me. Look, I you know doing this job, one of the things are it's just it's part of it is just connection and relationships and being comfortable just being yourself and then being with other people. and then the other thing is just sort of letting your natural curiosity take over. I mean, if we don't do a game today, if they made Joe sit next to me for the next three hours, like I, I'd have a lot of questions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a, there's enough stuff that I could ask him that would certainly engage me. And part of what the gig is is trying to find, you know, the things I think that are interesting that hopefully the audience finds interesting. Boog, I just had my first ever conversation with Greg Brown, the hitting coach, just before um, had a chance uh, before talking to you. I learned a lot. I loved that conversation. Yeah, have you, yeah, have you had good conversations with him? You like his the way he thinks about the job and what he's doing? For sure. He's got a real – I mean, I think in especially in today's, in today's game, um, you know, there are certain philosophies and you have to be able – I, the hitting coach job is so difficult. 17 teams changed hitting coaches this past offseason, including these two teams. So, you know, you're, you're looking at a position that I think the industry is searching to find a way to do it better. It's probably moved a little bit more towards golf where, um, you know, guys are getting their bats fitted for their swing um, they're trying to execute a certain swing right now. I, I would say I think it's harder to, to hit than ever. And, you know, and then you have all this information and data and stop right there for a second and say the bulk of the information and data, in my opinion, when it started to pour in, you know, especially with the advent of StatCast in 2015, but with pitch effects to track, man, it was it moves more towards advantage pitcher. It was more data that the pitchers could use to their advantage. And whereas I think that the amount of data that hitters can use to their advantage is starting to catch up, it has not caught up. And so I, I think that there's just so many things that are still advantage pitchers. So it's a, it's a hard job, you know, as far as Brownie, I think, you know, he recognizes that he, he needs to, you know, speak a different language with a lot of different guys and, you know, again, you're talking about he in in the way that they're teaching hitting now. 
you know, so many of them come from that, you know, that sort of Craig Wallenbrock philosophy, um, you know, from J.D. Martinez and, um, you know, sort of that, that sort of tree. Um, so, he, you know, my conversations with him have been fun. And he's also, you know, real cerebral in terms of approach, et cetera. So I think, they, I think the Cubs have two, two good hitting coaches and Greg Brown, Johnny Washington. So Craig Wallenbach is a name that's new to me that I should know. I just Googled and I saw that he was a Dodgers hitting consultant. Was he a Tampa, yeah. Tampa guy with Friedman first and then went over there? As no. Well? So he, no. So he, he's, you know, sort of the tree is, you know, from the book swing Kings with Jared diamond, but he's a guy that um, he, he effectively, trained Robert Van Scoyak, who is now currently the Dodgers hitting coach. He's the guy that Van Scoyak is the guy that kind of remade um, J.D. Martinez and a, and a number of other guys. And, hmm. you know, I was talking to Mookie Betts of the All-Star game, for example, and, and just from that hitting philosophy, he's like, J.D. Martinez changed my career, which is, you know, from the philosophy of, you know, Wallenbrock and Van Scoyak and all those guys. Look, there's not a one-size-fits-all here, right? Sure. Because – I think you still, you know, when you look at the Cubs, one of the things that makes them unique and I think that makes them good right now is you have guys that can hit four-seam fastballs and, and make contact, and Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal do it, you know, as well as as anybody in the National League. They don't swing and miss a ton, or they don't strike out a ton, and you, and you need that. You know, it, it, it's so interesting. I remember that when that Red Sox team won the World Series, it was like all the contact they made with two strikes. You know, it was JD right. and it was Mookie. So yeah, I'm curious about that. I'll I'll, I'll do some research. Yeah, the elite, the elite, the elite offensive teams, they do the thing where they slug. Like you have to slug whatever anybody wants. You have to slug, but the the elite offensive teams slug with contact, mm-hmm. so that if you slug and your and and your strikeout rate is middle of the pack, like that's fine. It just gets it's hard when you slug and you strike out a ton. It makes it it makes it challenging you got to be able to move the ball a little bit I, I love how you think about the power balance between the pitchers and the hitters it's the very essence of the game you're always kind of looking at the MLB average um, average bat like the batting average the league-wide batting average and stuff like that did you happen to catch any of the AAA game last night on MLB Network with all the new rules in place that they broadcast I, I saw a tiny bit of it but I wasn't like locked on it. Yeah, me neither. I saw, I saw a tiny bit of it. I mean, I've definitely I've seen from the league office. I've seen the impact that that stuff has had, but I haven't. Last night was the only time I've seen it in play, and I wasn't I wasn't fully connected. It was really it's a two hour seventeen minute game. Theo Epstein was there. Wow. Theo Epstein did ten minutes on uh, on the broadcast along with. Um, you know, Greg Amsinger and um, uh, Raul Ibanez was there. And, and, you know, and then they're just talking about, and this is, it's a glimpse of what it could look like next year um, with the ABS system, with the challenges. And, and I, thought it, I thought it was pretty damn fast. I'll have to get my rhythm better if I'm watching a game on TV. I can't, like, leave the room well, and come back and know that I'll, I won't miss a pitch, you know? It's interesting, too, because the game is played at a faster pace, and yet offense doesn't suffer strikeout rate declines ever so slightly. And then there, I think there are a couple other, you know, subtle rules changes that I think there's a chance that you'll see. Like I had an interaction, PJ Higgins is starting at first base again today, but you know, he hadn't started at first a ton in his career. And when he was getting ready to make his first start this year, he said something very interesting to me. And that was when I said, you know, how are you feeling about playing first, et cetera? 
who said, you know, I'm a little nervous today because I started at first base in the minor leagues this year three times, and the bases are like pizza boxes. And when I went out to first base, it felt like it was a postage stamp. So that's an adjustment wow. that those bigger bases, you know, are make make an impact. And, you know, David Bodie was telling me the same thing. So uh, I, I, bigger bases is good. Uh, you know, Joe and I were talking yesterday about rules changes and JD as well. And the double base at first, I would be in favor of because um, that running lane thing is a, just a disaster. Oh, my God. Every time I see Cliff Floyd on marquee, I think of right. Well, there's that right. I think the play where he 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 broke his arm or dislocated the shoulder, whatever it was. Yes, but the other thing that's funny about it is that every time there is a running lane argument between a manager and an umpire when they enforce the running lane, whether the manager realizes it or not, what he's actually arguing is that the rule is stupid, not that they misinterpreted the rule. That's what's happening every single time hmm. they call the play, the play when the guy runs and the manager comes out and frustrate, is frustrated. What's actually happening is the manager's really arguing, this rule's really dumb. Why are we doing it this way? <laughs> that's, seriously, that's what happened. Oh, my God. Um, they, it, going into Saturday's action, Nico Horner had 13 outs above average, second only yeah. to Atlanta's Dansby Swanson among all shortstop. He's also tied for second in defensive runs saved, second in defensive runs above average. Those are the three best defensive metrics we have these days, would you say? Yep. Those are the ones? Yeah. Um, that play in right field he made, you can't really say short right. I mean, that was just right field. That, that's what that was. Right field. Right, that, that was right field. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, well, that, it was just right field. Um, the shift ban would kill that. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but would you miss would you miss seeing that kind of play sort of aesthetically for the game? Um, would I miss seeing that play? I, you know, because we see a lot. I mean, like we, that, we it, see we see a lot of like it's kind of it's kind of fun when we see a guy make a diving stop and he whirls and he throws like a straight ball down the line essentially from an infielder. Yeah, I. I I think that I'm willing to trade that great play for seeing Nico, you know, play on the right side next year. If, you know, Trey Turner or Carlos Correa is playing shortstop or if Nico's on the left side and he's making brilliant plays, because here's what I'm willing to trade. The 106 mile an hour, one hop that the second baseman catches 25 (laughs) feet out in right field and then just flips the first like uncle on that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, agreed that because that that should I will, be I will say I still I, I do struggle I, I do struggle with the idea of removing the shift it does feel like it's penalizing smart yep but I I'm willing to concede it it, do, it does feel like a couple steps removed from Joe Girardi can't hit a slider you're not allowed to throw him sliders is similar to Joe Girardi hits the ball here we're going to put the defender here you're not allowed to put the defender there. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I totally understand that. It is penalizing smart, but sometimes smart doesn't make it better, and we've seen it in other sports. Well, sometimes smart doesn't make it entertaining. Correct. That's the thing. Correct. Yeah. Um, so it, it, did Girardi shoot you a look when you say he can't hit a slider at this point? Is he still next to you? He didn't. He didn't he's still next to me. He did not look at me when I said he can't hit a slider. He's, <laughs> he, yeah. I, I mean, I did the thing. I, I told the story on the air, and it was – Last year, we had a game where somebody had back-to-back 
back-to-back homers against the Cubs, and it brought up a conversation about the Blake Street Bombers, and I was on the air, and I said, gosh, those guys with the Rockies, Bichette and Burks and Walker and Galarraga, it was like they were always up. I mean, how come Joe Girardi can't be up? And I said it on the air, and then the next day I'm at home, and my phone rings at like 11, and it's it's basically like I'm mid-conversation with Joe, and he just says, you know, I'm just sitting in my office. I'm getting ready for the game. Just trying to watch the game. I, you know, just trying to relax a little bit. And you're taking shots at me. It just doesn't feel like it's necessary. He's right. Oh, I apologize. He's right. He's, he's right. right. Yeah, yeah, he's right. But that's the kind of shrapnel. That, that's the kind of like secondhand shrapnel you just you just might get. You know, and like, I mean, who, right. who did who did he think pitchers wanted to face on that right. team? No, I don't. And I brought Walt Weiss into it as well. So then he called. He called Walt Weiss to tell him to tell him too. And then when I went to Atlanta, Walt almost gave me a hard time, also, which is entirely entirely fair and deserved. But yes. it also, I mean, it does underline what I was talking about as far as you know. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's playful. I mean, you know, JD and I like to have a good time, and and. uh I mean, JD is so on top of everything, and and is it's just a, been an easy conversation with the three of us last year. Yes, no, absolutely, and 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 he's funny. I, I I steal the line, but I always give him credit every time Vladimir Guerrero comes up. I remember him saying, I think it was last year, where he said, "Oh, he must have got his plate discipline from his mother." You know, I just. I, I, <laughs> I just love it's that. Funny. Right? It's funny. It's just funny because yeah. Vlad Jr. has far better play discipline than Vlad Sr. He's just. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> no, it got me good. Um, all right. Last thing, Book. We're two years into MLB celebrating Lou Gehrig Day, as we did in June. And obviously, you were a huge part of that happening. And with all the work with Project Main Street for, what, 16 years now, I think? Um, yeah. 2006 and, was our first year when I lost my friend Tim Sheehy. You bet. You know what's cool? As I look around Wrigley. And really, and just the neighborhood on game day, the ALS research T-shirts, the Cubs for ALS yeah. one that I have, or the I just saw the obvious one, the end ALS for Lou. I just saw it yesterday. It's like those T-shirts are now just part of the active, vibrant T-shirt mix on game days. That's pretty cool. It's really, oh my gosh, is that cool. To see those T-shirts, you know, not on a June 2nd day, but to see people wearing, you know, end ALS uh, T-shirts or you know, end ALS for Lou. I mean, heck, we got guys uh, on our team that wear them, and I and I it it stops me every time because it makes me want to go up to them and and thank them for wearing the shirt. And they're just you know, it's just part of the shirt, but it's neat that it's part of the fabric that I get to see you know fans wearing it. And I mean, look, it's just baby steps. You know, we our charity project Main Street. We do stuff to help people living with the disease. Hopefully, you know, in my lifetime, I would love to see our, our charity cease to exist, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you raise awareness, and it's been—I uh, mean, I'm grateful to Marquee and, and to the Cubs for all their for all their help. It was just neat. I, I saw somebody in my neighborhood in the South Loop, like crossing the street with uh, with her boyfriend or husband, and he was wearing a Cubs shirt, and she was wearing that ALS shirt, and I'm like, oh, they're going to the game. That's just that's just what you yeah, wear cool. when, when when you go to the game. Um, all right, man, good stuff. Thank you for the time. Tell Joe that you know maybe he could still hit a slider, rec league, something like that. Get out there, sluggers. Joe can still hit a slider. I will tell him. All right, good. Um, when am I going to see you, Maddie? Uh, I I don't know. Ed, soon. Okay. I hope. What, what do you What do you want to do okay. at the ballpark, or you want to do something else? I mean, whatever. I mean, my phone rings. You know. <laughs>
That's true. Well, I didn't know you were doing yeah. the game. After the game. After the game. Well, I'll, I'll give you a call. We'll talk. We'll talk. You got it. Thanks, Sounds good. You're the best. Okay. Bye. See you. John Bugshambi, right there on 670 The Score. That guy is uh, curious um, and passionate about the game, about the relationship part of it, and about the stats part of it. All of it. Um, and that's uh, part of what makes him very, very good at that broadcast and, and able to work with just about anybody on it as well. 670, the score is where you are. When we come back, you'll hear from the best pitcher in town on either side who was on the score. And let's talk about him. We'll do that next on 670, the score is hit and run. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Spiegel. So now what on three and two? He thinks he can get a slider over the plate. It's a real good time for him. Two on, nobody out. Three and two from Cease. The slider and he whisked him away. Alvarez is down. Biggest pitch of the night on a night that's going to be filled with big pitches. That was the other night. Dylan Cease 
against the Astros. He and Justin Verlander with a much-anticipated and fun matchup in that game as part of that series. White Sox in Cleveland. I know they're supposed to start at the top of the hour, but they're in rain delay, people. They're in rain delay, and that means you stay right here. Oh, yes. means hit and run continues, and we can mix in our White Sox conversation even after this segment. We can do it next hour. we got Dan Zimborski on. He wrote about the White Sox a while back. Chris Kampka's coming on later, as always, to tie the room together, as he does. Oh, and do I have a topic and a segment for you at the top of the hour I'm looking forward to, which hits both the Cubs fan and the White Sox fan. Hot damn, I like doing this show. I hope you're having a lovely Sunday morning. Thanks for being here. Dylan sees third in ERA in all of MLB behind Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara, who pitches today. Alcantara and the Marlins are in L.A. for the Dodgers. That is a 310 central start. The night game is the Red Sox and the Orioles. Kramer, who's good, and Pavetta, who's had his moments, is the matchup there. But you know where that game is? Williamsport, Pennsylvania. It is the Little League Classic tonight. And that game is at the Muncie Bank Ballpark in the Little League Complex there. Red Sox and Orioles tonight, your Sunday night game. And that means that those kids in the Little League World Series get to hang out with big leaguers today and pepper them with questions. Can you imagine? What an awesome, awesome experience uh, for them. And a lot of the players I was reading this morning excited about their opportunity to share some of what they've uh, they've learned. I, I, here's something I learned today, that um, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, and obviously Joey Cora's brother, you remember Joey, part of the coaching staff with Azeguin here, their father started the Little League in Puerto Rico in 1969. He was the first head of the Little League, helped start it in Puerto Rico and ran it for decades and helped innumerable Puerto Rican baseball kids play their first Little League baseball. So love that. So Alex, awesome. isn't that cool? So Alex Cora, very into being there in um, in Williamsport. It is Williamsport, right? Not Williamsburg. Williamsport, you're okay. right. Okay. Whew. Whew. Too many Bergs and Ports. Too, many, too many damn Bergs. And ports. Um, Dylan Cease on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday. Let's listen to some of that and discuss on uh, Tony LaRusso's leadership up here towards the top. And there's more stuff about throwing off speed for strikes and more. Here's Dylan Cease. Yeah, I think um, he, he's definitely not afraid to, to do what he thinks is right, um, which at the end of the day, he always takes accountability for whatever his decisions he makes as well. So um, to me, that's a sign of a good leader. Yeah, um, I, you know. My view is, um, you know, for me as a player, I, I have to do my job, and that's, um, you know, first and foremost. So if if players aren't doing our jobs, then, then there's no way, um, you know, there's no way that, that he's going to have success. Um, and, and like I said, you know, he's not always he's not always perfect, but he's always willing to take accountability, and he's he's never going to throw anyone under the bus, which I really really appreciate. You know, it's a, it's a it's definitely a team. Um, you know, kind of a, a close knit, um, just I guess system we have going. So um, I, I have a lot of respect for Tony, and uh, but yeah, he's definitely definitely willing to um, to, to make his own decisions. But uh, number one thing is just I'm throwing my off speed in the strike zone um, a lot more consistently, which is just making me harder to hit in general. And then um, I'm also, you know. I'm also getting count leverage and and putting myself in a better position um, to to make the life of that are difficult. So 
just a little things of executing a little bit better, executing more consistently. And then there's a lot of, there's been a lot of situations where um, I've been able to make big with um, runners in the scoring position, which has helped um, hold down the score. Uh, plus, plus my defense behind me has, for the most part, been really great all year too. So um, it, it's not just me. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things where um, I, I try not to focus on it uh, too often. Just, you know, it's, it's very easy during the season to kind of lose a little bit of focus and on what, what I'm trying to do. But, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, it, it would definitely – I don't think there's a pitcher in the league that that wouldn't want to win the Cy Young. Um, but it's definitely – uh, it's definitely not as rewarding, you know, if the team's not doing well or if, if you know, if there's things like that going on. So um, I, I'm still first and foremost focused on just showing up every day and, and trying to practice and um, just stay locked in. But, uh, you know, it really, it, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever for sure. <laughs> if he won Cy Young, no, wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Dylan Cease. I don't think he's going to win it. I think Verlander's got it. Sean Sears, I know you love prospects and following them closely. You've been into, and as a Cubs fan, wearing a hat. He's wearing a hat right now, folks. It's got a big C on it. You've been, um, what do you think of this development for Dylan Cease after following him since he was a young Cubs prospect? Man, I've been wanting him to lead with his breaking balls for such a long time. He just couldn't command that pitch. He's got massive hands, though, for a guy his size. So he can grip that ball and really get a hold of it. And that's where that sweeping motion's coming from, from that slider. So it's been great to see him develop that pitch. But now that he's using that fastball as his out pitch, he's kind of like doing the inverse of what a pitcher does. And it's throwing batters off. And it's just such a cool approach because there was a lot of guys saying that in 2017, 2016, when he was coming through the Cubs system, this guy commands a slider. He can do some things. Now he's using it as his strike pitch, which mm, is crazy. That is crazy. That's a good, that's a good point because it's not just that he's using it a lot, uh, which is the thing, but he's using it as the strike pitch, and then he tries to get out people when they chase on the fastball. Um, but he can obviously get them to chase on the slider too, right. if he wants. So yeah, that 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 is that is the flip around. But that's modern baseball, right? You got a great pitch that is in and of itself really good. Throw it a lot and make it your predominant one as long as you can control it. Exactly. Yeah. Fun guy. I was really bummed he came to the White Sox. So I'm glad he's figured it out because he's he's looking great. He's got the mustache going. I'm loving it. So fun. Thanks, Cubs. Benetti. Haven't heard that enough. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you know, it made sense at the time, Cease and Eloy for Quintana. It sure seemed to be a sensible deal. I liked it at first. I was bummed Cease left, but I was like, this is the move you need to make. That's what you do. You get that controllable pitcher. You don't have any. Yep. And his contract made him worth even two more because you're like, if he stays good, then you can spend more because the contract is so good. The only problem, and of course, you don't know for sure... But when Detroit finally gets Verlander to agree to be traded later on in the year, he wanted to be a Cub. Cubs oh, he did. did. But the Cubs didn't have enough left in the prospect tank to get him at that point because they had already made their deal for Quintana. So just let that one marinate a little bit. Uh, and then if they had signed Verlander, well, then maybe they'd still have Verlander. He seems to be pretty good. Um, but I don't know if he would have stayed here after Tommy John, come back and won another style award with the Cubs. I, I can't guarantee these things. But 
things probably would have worked out a little bit better. But it makes all the sense of the world. It is Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. One more hour to go. White Sox are in a rain delay. There's no reason to go anywhere. You just hang out with me. Uh, Two prominent players in our local series right now for the Cubs and the White Sox were college teammates. Do you know this? Do you know what I'm talking about? They had a couple other major leaguers on their college team, too. We'll talk about them and great college teammates and the Cubs and the Sox next on Hit and Run on the Score. Thanks, Cubs! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.